The big question is this, how are young entrepreneurs like us able to create scalable e-commerce businesses that generate millions of dollars time and time again? That's the question, and this podcast is full of answers. Our names are Grub, Jeremiah, and Ephraim, and we want to welcome you to our 101 Stores Club. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the 101 Stores podcast. Uh, This is episode five, and today we're going to talk about your initial Facebook ads and traffic. So this is a really hot topic for a lot of people, especially if you're in e-commerce. So we're just going to kind of cover some basics and what we do um, for for traffic coming from Facebook and um, kind of how we're breaking that down initially. So hopefully you you guys can find some value here. And we got Jer and Ephraim with me as well today. So Hello. we're just going to have an awesome conversation. So let's just dive into it, you guys. Um, first of all, what are, what are kind of the, the expectations you guys have when, um, starting a new ad account for a new business? Um, what kind of spend are you guys, um, you know, looking to, to put into Facebook? So, as, um, once you, as you're getting started and it's a brand new store and you're just figuring out your audience and getting that pixel warm. I'd say you probably at least have to expect to spend 500 bucks for for your ads to start getting an idea of who the ideal customer is. What do you think, Jared? Yeah, I would say so. Like, and if you're on a tight budget, there are other ways to warm up your pixel. Like, if you want to be total guerrilla marketing mode and you know connect with influencers, just try your best in other ways. But if you do have the budget, that's the easiest way. Just set aside the money. And, you know, as long as you're confident in your brand and your business, it should be fine. You just got to figure out your audience. And that, that's what that testing is for. Yeah, I think I think $500 is is a safe amount, honestly, because, yeah, you need to start feeding your your Facebook pixel data to work off of. And think of it also just as an investment, right? Like you're trying to make money off of your business. Put a little bit in. Don't be afraid. But do make sure, you know, your website is as good as possible before you start sending traffic. And, you know, we've already covered kind of what you need on that front. Um, so sweet, at least 500 bucks. Um, how long does the testing period take? In my case, I find it's usually about, uh, let's say three to five days, sometimes, sometimes even a week to start seeing the first, the first sale, you know, yeah, that's that's true. And I, I would say once you're more established and you are getting frequent sales daily, um, that time frame can be a little shorter. You know, I typically, you know, when I'm launching a new campaign in Facebook, if I'm not seeing sales after, you know, for a specific ad set after three days, I'm probably going to shut it off or do a drastic change. And I don't know what type of spend would you say Ephraim on your ad sets? Um, would you say the max you should go before t- turning it off? Like how much do you spend on a specific audience? I, I, I usually don't go more than like two, 200 bucks is a lot. So if, if by 200 bucks you're not seeing decent uh, return and results, I, I would say t- I, I always turn it off if, after that. Yeah, that's about the same for me. Yeah, and I think another um, KPI to look at would just be your reach. Um, typically when you're reaching like eight or 10,000 people, 
and the numbers look good or bad, um, that's usually a, a decent time to to decide if you want to keep going with that ad or not. Yeah, I've yeah, done that in the past. Reach is a better. Uh, it gives you a better idea by mm-hmm. you reach you know, 8,000 people, 10,000 people, and you're not seeing results, then you probably got to change up the ad or the product. Or yeah, for sure. I, I totally agree with that. So yeah, anywhere from it. three days to a week, you can expect a, a very small. From a cold, from a cold, a very cold, like a straight up, you know, cold audience. If, if your pixel is already warm and you're doing new ad sets, then definitely shorter. But if it's just, like flat cold you're just barely getting going it takes a little longer yeah i agree yeah and grub real quick do you want to for those that aren't very familiar at all with facebook ads can you cover a little bit of the terminology like how it's grouped into campaign versus ad set versus ad just to let them know a little bit more about what they're getting into yeah sure so um like in your facebook um ads manager you're going to basically see three tabs and it's going to be campaign ad set and ads so your campaign is your ad set and ad put together and that'll just show you like you know basically it's the name of your campaign you can name it whatever you want and then the ad sets are essentially your audiences so you're picking you know where where you want to advertise who you want to advertise to ages languages uh, demographics behaviors stuff like that and then um, the ads are obviously your your copy and creative and um, also something I think we would all recommend in the testing period is having video content. Um, Ephraim, do you want to kind of videos are, are so valuable? Yeah. So Facebook puts a lot of value on, on video and you can see it on Instagram on Facebook. They're pushing video a lot. And with videos, you can um, you can create different variations at the, at the beginning of the video, which is called the, the scroll stopper which is the way you get people to stop and look at your video. And you can also mine a lot of data from the videos because you can tell Facebook to, to, to create people who, who have seen the video and have shown the most interest in the video. And you can, create, you can find similar people to that with lookalike audiences, which is something we're going to cover. But that really helps as you're getting going with your ads to create lookalike, lookalike audiences based out of videos because it's easy to get that data really fast. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Jer, um, how, how have videos compared to photos done for you? Yeah, by far they work way better for me. And I've messed around with more professional looking videos. And to be honest, the ones that do best are just the more personable, just straight from your iPhone. You know, people relate to that and, and it's kind of what they expect to see in their feed from friends. And if you can kind of touch into that, it's, it's really effective. Um, but one other thing I wanted to mention, too, with this is, um, you know, in, when you're initially launching a store it, and like we said, you're not really going to see a, your first sale for a few days, at least. Um, there's other things you can track to really know if the ad campaign is on on track to do well and and that would be for example add to carts um, so facebook groups all of the results and the data into different columns and you can even customize the way that that's viewed but i would definitely see how many people are adding to cart how much is costing per add to cart there's also cost per landing page view so like what did it cost to get them not just to click to your site but to actually go and view a product um, what are some other ones you guys like to track 
Uh, click-through CTR, click-through ratio is a, is a big one for me. And um, like you said, add to cart, the cost for an add to cart and the, the content view, I usually, if it's lower than a dollar, you're usually on the right track for a content view. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Like uh, CPM is another good one. Like how much is costing you per thousand people? Um, the frequency is important. If, you're, um, if your audiences are really small, you'll see um, the frequency number go up, which basically means you're like showing a, a, the same ad to a person like two or three times. So I definitely watch that with cold audiences just to make sure Facebook's not like screwing me. You know, I really want like a one, 1.0 frequency just so huh. to make sure. I've never it's even not... looked at that. That's awesome. Yeah. So you'll see like the frequency on the retargeting ads are like two or three oh. or, or higher. So you can just kind of tell like how many, you know, you know, I mean, you've, you've hopped on Facebook and you see the same ad. So that's like the frequency, like you've seen that ad two or three times now. So that means they're just kind of putting a lot of money into trying to get you back. So I, I look at that. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe down the road, we'll do, we'll do, uh, we'll share kind of what our funnel looks like. Cause I have these presets that I usually use where I, I start from the very top, you know, from the click first click all the way down to yeah. purchase and that you can always troubleshoot what's going on. Um, just by looking at the funnel and see where people are stopping the most, where you're losing people. Yeah, I, yeah. I think that's going to be a whole episode in itself for sure. Just your KPIs and how to read the data. And Grub, do you want to quickly just do a brief summary of what a funnel is for those that don't know? Yeah, so we'll we'll talk about this more. But um, right now we're talking about kind of your initial ads, which are all going to be cold traffic. So that would kind of be the, we call it the top of the funnel. So the top of funnel would be, you know, fresh people, cold, cold audiences, people seeing your brand for the first time. Um, then there's like the middle of the funnel, which would be like um, they've come to your website or they've watched your video or they've they've seen your um, or they, they've liked your post or they've interacted with you on your Facebook page or Instagram page. Like they've they've kind of done something with you. And then the bottom of the funnel would be your, you know, time spent on your website, like your top 10% or they added something to their cart or they initiated the checkout or, you know, they've, they've visited your site a certain number of times within the past certain amount of days. So that we kind of break down audiences um, that way. So you can have different campaigns uh, specifically for the different uh, parts of the funnel. So, you know, you're not going to send a 20% off coupon code to, you know, someone just visiting your site for the first time, ideally you want to try to give that 20% to the bottom of the funnel to try to really get them to buy because you know, they've already been interested. So that's just kind of one example. Yeah. Basically the funnel just gauges interest top of the funnel, no interest closer down to the funnel, super interested. Totally. Yeah. It's an easy way to think. Good way to put it. Yeah, and we'll so, go into detail of each of those parts of the funnel later. But I think on this episode, right, we're going to be focusing more on the prospecting, like how to get that initial traffic, right? Yeah. Yes, for sure. And um, let's, so let's go ahead and talk about your initial audiences. So this would be in your ad set portion of your Facebook ads manager. Um, and one one way I personally like to to figure out who my audiences are is kind of your obvious audiences and your creative audiences. So um, just for 
brainstorming purposes, let's take a, let's say we had a sunglass brand. Um, Jer, what would be some obvious audiences to try to find or see what already exists on Facebook for a sunglass brand? So what would you do? If I had some cool sunglasses I was launching, I would probably try and find a brand that's fairly similar to what I have to offer, like Ray-Ban. Depends on what you're offering mm-hmm. or Wayfair. Not Wayfair. What's Wayfair's all the rage right now? What's it called? Ah, uh, can't remember. But some other brand. I know. You're Anyways, about. I would pick comp- competing brands that have an actual established audience on Facebook. Not all of them do, like, but some of the big ones do, like Lululemon, Gymshark. You can find these on there, and it'll actually put together an audience for you for people that are into those brands. So that's where I would start. What yeah, about I, I, for example, if I was doing sunglasses, I'd have to figure out what niche in sunglasses I'm in because you got fashion glasses, you got running sunglasses, you got biking, you got, you know, quirky, weird looking ones for all kinds. So figure out where, where you're at there and, you know, like you said, find a, find a similar brand and then uh, just start very broad with, with Facebook, likes very broad interest right away. So you sunglasses go mm-hmm. great for sunglasses as an interest. It's it's ginormous, but it, it's a starting point. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. And then there's um, you can even funnel down some of these more obvious or broad audiences and say, you know, you you have one, you know, some sunglasses for fishing, for instance. You know, and I would recommend as a brand figure out who your audience is going to be. Don't don't say, well, there's sunglasses yeah. there for everybody. Like be more specific than that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, first know who your ideal customer is and then, you know, you can, you can funnel it down even further with broad audiences. Um, and okay. So obvious, those are the obvious audiences. What about what, what do you guys do for the creative audiences? Kind of that, uh, right brain, um, audience thinking Jer. So what do you mean by creative audience? The ad- can you clarify? Oh, sorry. So, so like, um, so instead of saying, oh, these are just sunglasses and that's who I want to go for, you know, I like to start thinking um, as, okay, what are these people going to be doing with the sunglasses? Uh, are they like, where, where else are they shopping? Do these people go to the mall? Do they go to the beach? Do they like boating? Like, you know, there's a lot of weird audiences that you can find. And part of the testing, you know, process is figuring yeah. out which one works. Yeah. So I'll give you an example on with uh, one of my brands, Flex Living. We launched these very psychedelic looking shorts. They're a mushroom print and it's reflective with the light. So I was trying to tap into that vibe a little bit. So I created this sandbox is what we call it, where I have a campaign that has multiple ad sets, all with the different interests that I'm testing. And some of the ones that I was thinking of was like, all right, I'm going to combine people into star wars because we have this reflective print going on um futuristic looking so i put star wars mixed with um they didn't have one for psychedelic in general Uh, you know they have psychedelic music but i found some workarounds like one of them was um shamanism Uh, there was even this uh, email list i had from a while ago that was um for people that follow maps news which is um a, a nonprofit that's furthering the um, use of psychedelics and, and therapy and things like that. So I, I, that's actually one of my best performing ad sets for that product was combining that with um, 
Star Wars. And then I even mixed in fitness, like people that were into fitness with that. So you can get really granular with it. But like Ephraim was saying, you, you want to start broad. So what would you say, Ephraim, would be like a magic number there where you like to start? Like, would you say go as high as 10 million people or what do you like to keep? Yeah, for me, if, it, if I'm just starting out, I, it's 10 million and up, honestly. Okay. Yeah. Um, and Facebook, one cool thing Facebook does when you put in interest, it, it gives you suggestions. And if you, it'll, it'll show up on there as a link and you click suggestions and it'll give you obviously some, some suggestions that you probably never even thought about when, when you put any interest. And it's, oh, I always test like the first three or four on there because they're usually very closely related. And even though sometimes I'm like, this, this isn't really what I'm thinking, but Facebook, Facebook mm -hmm. knows and, and they usually do a pretty good job. Another thing yeah. to do is like, I remember we were doing uh customers for the dog stuff. I, one yeah. time I went by uh, like a dog shop and I just kind of observed people there and kind of what the, the vibe there was. And I got some pretty good ideas for all kinds of different things that I never thought about dogs. You know what I mean? That's awesome. And you were also telling me with your avocado brand, uh, your avocado themed store that you came to an audience that did pretty well, that kind of shocked you. It was, uh, were people interested in weed or what was it like a marijuana? That was actually suggested by Facebook, but it was smoke. Um, <laughs> Oh, no way. And it was, yeah, so I, I tested that and it's one of, alone, which is a huge <laughs> interest, ended up doing one of, one of the best campaigns. Yeah, that's amazing. Facebook's wow. so smart with this. Yeah, and I, and I think what people, a lot of the time when they're beginning and they start to kind of find these different ways to run ads, sometimes they actually try to outsmart Facebook. And over the last like couple years of, of doing this more like aggressively, at least for me, if, if I'm trying to be like way too smart or if I'm getting mm -hmm. too granular, they almost never really work. You know, it, it's weird. Like you think you can build the best audiences and kind of break them down a little bit further. But I mean, Facebook is just, they have so much data on so many people. It's, it's almost just like, yeah, let them run. The you know, machine and, is like um, genius. You know, yeah, yeah, for sure. And and I know we've done a a couple of these audiences, if you want to even call them that. But once our pixel is kind of collected enough data and, and enough purchases, um, it's we call it the end game um, audiences, where we literally just select U.S. and like no interests at all. Yeah, have at it. Facebook. So we're literally we're literally saying Facebook like spend our money essentially what we're doing but they they know our pixel they know our products they know people are buying it and they're going to show it to people that they think is going to perform like it's crazy and i, I know if and, and jerry for you like some of those ad sets have been like one of the top performers for yeah. you guys right yeah for a little sure. while for mexi stuff and guac on the top ones are just usa that's it go, go to <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's it chill back yeah, like it sounds so backwards, but you know, once Facebook knows it, it's smart for sure. Yeah. So, um, okay, yeah, I love that was that was really really good, you guys. Um, so once you have traffic rolling in, purchases, etc., um, what are some of your favorite look like audiences to build? And for, for those of you that are listening that don't know what a look like audience is. It's essentially there's in your audience creation, you can say 
um, you know, build an audience that looks like everybody that added to cart. And it's going to give you like 2.4 million people in each kind of percentage breakdown. And it's just, you're using Facebook's data and, and AI and learning to, to help you out. So that's, that's what it look like audience yep. basically is. Um, Jer, what, what's, uh, what do you usually start with? So yeah, when you're just starting out, it's difficult to, you know, like you won't have enough purchases to do the purchase lookalike. I, I think that's the most powerful one when you do have that. And I'm not sure exactly what the number of purchases is. I know there's a specific number, but yeah, when you're just starting out, you'll want to use, like Ephraim said, the video views, people that engaged more with your video showed interest there. You're going to build lookalikes off of that to find similar people. And keep in mind, not just uh, prospecting, but you'll also retarget those people. But that's for another episode we're going to talk about down the funnel. Right here, these are the prospecting audiences. And lookalikes are, like we were saying, they're just people that are similar to the to the people that did something already. So I would say add to cards, people that watched your videos. You can group those audiences into lookalike audiences using the, the Facebook audience feature. Yeah. I, I always start from the very top. So video, the the actions you can get the most of at the beginning is video viewers, 95% people who've seen 95% of your video. Uh, once I get 500 of those, I create a lookalike on that. And then I go to content views. And then once I get 500 of those, I do a lookalike on that. And then I just move up to add to carts. And then finally purchases. And then uh, those those are pretty much my main ones. Yeah, that those sound like the best ones to me too. And and with these, I was going to ask you. I know Facebook gives you um, a time period of attribution. They call it. Are you setting these as a little bit longer? Is it a one day view click, or are you doing like a seven day view click? I I, I I've been playing around with both, and. Honestly, I haven't seen anything that's dramatic in the results. So I usually just stick to the, now I've just been sticking to the basic one, that, that the default one, which I think is the seven days. Yeah, seven day view for those that don't know, and then one day click. So basically means, you know, if the sale came in seven days from the time they first saw the ad, uh, Facebook will attribute that sale to your ad in the results. And, or if it's um, a click within one day, it'll be attributed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. I've been doing the same thing. Um, I think another, uh, actually one audience that's been working re- really well for um, Golden Pickleball is actually our Instagram engagement audience. So I built a lookalike audience off of the people um, who've like been yeah. engaging with our Instagram and that one's pretty cool because I mean it at least for me it takes quite a bit for me to actually click on a profile and like view somebody's profile I've got to be like way interested in like that product or the thing so just like based off of my own um, like habits and what I know is kind of hard for me to do I kind of value um those audiences a little bit more too just because i know it's it's a little bit more difficult for me to it's one thing for me to see an ad but for me to click on the profile it's kind of like another level you know so that that those type of audiences have been um pretty good for me in the past and um even right now so i I like that one i'm gonna start playing more with that yeah that's a good point yeah it's a good one um cool so yeah Basically, what we're trying to say and to tell you guys to do is 
make a lot of different audiences, test them out individually, group them together, and kind of put them up side by side in your ad sets to to find your true you know your true winners and for you guys i know this is what we do but we pretty much you know we put the one percent in its own ad set and and the two to three percent in their own ad set and then um would you guys recommend doing a cbo initially or do you like doing um just the ad set spend so first say what cbo is for those that don't know i feel like we're throwing oh, out yeah terms. sorry i keep forgetting uh so, so CBO is a campaign budget optimization. So basically if you had like, if you have five different ad sets in a campaign, right, they're all different types of audiences. Um, it's going to, the spend is going to go towards the one that's performing the best. So essentially it's like Facebook watching out for you. It's going to be putting um, the money where it's being the most efficient or it's getting the most purchases or engagement. So you're kind of letting Facebook decide um, what audiences is the best. Um, but for me personally, like if I'm, if I'm, uh, starting brand new, fresh, I'll actually do the budget at the ad set level, like very low, like five, 10, $15 a day in each ad set and let them run until they hit eight or 10,000, um, people in the reach and then compare the numbers and, and make a decision from there. What, what do you guys like to usually do? Yeah, I always start with CBO, but that's a good point there. And I definitely would like to organize them. I would suggest organizing your campaign, your CBOs um, separately. For example, your interest campaign that has a bunch of different interest ad sets. I would group those all together in what we would call a sandbox. It's just a test. And then when you're ready with your lookalikes, like on video views and Instagram engagement, whatever, do that in a separate campaign. You know, now it's lookalikes of engagement and then i would probably do a third campaign specifically for like the holy grail which is you look alike of people that have purchased like that's going to be the most powerful one in my opinion i agree with that that's that's kind of how i run mine cool um all right well if you guys made it this far thanks for uh tuning in is there anything else you guys want to talk about about these cold traffic kind of initially um, starting out any tips, tricks that we didn't cover? Oh, one thing I have a question for Ephraim, what do you do when you're testing creatives? Cause we talked about testing ad sets, but I feel like creatives are so important. Oh, like yeah. how, what's your rule of thumb, your blueprint when it comes to like, how many creatives are you including in a, in an ad set? Like how many ads? And then what are you, when are you turning them off and when are you rewarding them and all that? So what I've been doing now is I do, for each ad set, I do no more than three ads inside of it. Um, and with those ads, I play around with, I usually have one that's a testimonial ad. I feel like those perform pretty well. Then I have one that's a value ad that kind of shows the value of the product. Um, and then just that, and then another one that's just kind of like a, a generic one, just trying to like a, really try to catch the attention of the, of the buyer. But I always have a sandbox uh, where, or audience, a CBO, where I'm just testing a ton of different ads and I usually let them spend about 10 bucks to see how, how they perform. And I base their performance mostly on on the CTR and the add to cart cost. Um, Interesting. But yeah, and uh, most of the most important thing on, a, on an ad is really, if it's a video, it's the first three seconds of that video. Um, and then on an image, it's just how, how well it's stopping people from scrolling, what the scroll stopping action is. 
Awesome. Yeah, I feel like you're a master at that with your ads, the scroll stopper. And for me, like I, I need to tap more into that, the strategy behind that. But what I've tried to do, uh, at least with my products, is I, I try and find the ones that are most shocking. Like, for example, those mushroom reflective shorts, it kind of, you know, it can blow people's minds if you catch it in the right light. So, you know, you want it to be a scroll stopper. Definitely, you know, make your ads compelling, you know, especially with the video. And then also with the copy, you know, you got to be calling them out. One, one thing I heard is you're competing against, you know, on Facebook, you're competing against people, the, the drama of people's friends, you know, and that's pretty hard to compete. So you have to stand out uh, among all those posts and, and have someone decide to look at your post instead of, you know, their wedding picture of a friend or something. So you got to make sure you stand out. It's true. Yeah, absolutely. I, I was actually talking to um, somebody yesterday and I was just telling him like what type of ads this guy could possibly create. And um, like you said earlier, like you don't, they don't really need to be super, super high quality. I think one of kind of my, my ad strategies is not making it feel like an ad. You like, I almost want it to be um, like a video that just, looks like it's from one of your friends that they just posted, you know, cause immediately like we see so many ads every single day, all day long, really high production ones. Like from the second it starts, you can just tell like, Oh, this is going to be a freaking ad, you know? So I, I actually like try to make it feel very casual and um, just kind of something that pops up and they're going to look at it for a few seconds. But um, yeah, I would say that the scroll stop is the number one, thing for sure like you need to have it look appealing from the very first second so that's that's That's, huge yeah subconsciously Um, people turn away from ads if they if they feel an ad coming they they don't they just don't want to look at it you know oh yeah there there was a a really good example of a horrible ad that i saw today i was watching youtube on my tv and I, I I actually watched the video the video for like 25 seconds. Literally 25 seconds in, had no idea what the ad was even about. Still, <laughs> it was the worst ad I've ever seen in my life, and I feel so bad for whoever was well, doing that. 25 seconds in, so maybe. <laughs> yeah, 25. Damn. It was this girl on a paddleboard in a lake. Like I I don't I honestly it made me so mad. I just like skipped it at 25 20 or 25 seconds because i was just like this is the worst ad i've seen in a long time <laughs> it was just horrible so yeah i mean i think the average video view of all of our um videos especially even ones on glow they're like three to five seconds yeah like that's the average video view it's it's crazy so it just shows how important those three or five yeah. seconds are you know yeah i saw one the other day that made me laugh like it, it was a total scroll stopper for a reason you wouldn't normally think of. Anyways, the, it was the CEO talking about his software. And I don't know if he was stoned or something, but his eyes were so glazed over. Like, I thought he was crying. So I was like, shoot, I got to play the audio. Is he crying about this app? Or, And sure enough, like, it's just like how his eyes were. But no, like, things like that stop you. That's funny. Think outside the box. Yeah. And I think for people starting off, like, create as many different ads as you possibly can. Um for me, a lot of the time, the, the ads that have done the best were the ones that like, I just kind of threw up with really no expectation. But I think that just shows how important the testing phase is and just trying to 
to put as much out there as you can and look at the data, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, oh, actually, just one more thing. Um, to if, if you're struggling creating ads or you're not sure what, what to do, if you already have an Instagram or have made some posts of maybe about your brand or something, um, try using the, the posts that have the most engagement like on your Instagram. That's something I would do with K9 all the time. A lot of the time they were customer photos and videos. So I would just look back and like see that this one had a few thousand likes. So I would almost always run those as, as ads um, just because it's, it's already like free social yeah. proof. So definitely would recommend looking back on your Instagram or, you know, just posts you've already done, see what the engagement was like because, you know, it's, it's free, free data essentially what you're looking at yeah i do the same i do the same thing yeah it's 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 awesome um all right guys uh any last words i know this was kind of a lot for some people but um hopefully we're creating some value and um yeah we'd love to get some course material out to you guys that you know more screen recording and having uh or answering more questions from you guys but yeah, we just want to keep rolling out these initial episodes to kind of give you guys a baseline and to uh, keep following along. We really want to see a lot of people um, succeeding with their new stores. So we hope this helps out.